Well, good morning. Merry Christmas to you. I hope you... Let's try that one more time. Merry Christmas to you. All right. Now you're ready for the week. All right. So uh, my name's Todd. For those of you I don't know, I'm really glad that you're here this morning. And uh, it is the week before Christmas. And uh, uh, I hope that uh, you know that your time is fleeting to go shop for your loved ones, right? Uh, How many of you predict... uh, Well, first of all, how many of you are done? All right. Overachievers. Well done. Way to go. I'm impressed and a little bit jealous. How many of you are not done and um, you feel like you'll be done before Christmas Eve? All right. Very good. How many of you will see me out at Christmas Eve somewhere at a store? All right. Very good. All right. Very good. Yep. Right there with you. Um, Except I have to be done before Christmas Eve because I'm here all day Christmas Eve. So hopefully that does happen. Today uh, we are coming to the conclusion of our series that we've been in this Christmas, this Advent season. Uh, we've called it, entitled it, From Heaven Above. And we gave it that name because it was the name of a hymn that Martin Luther wrote so long ago, uh, back during the Protestant Reformation. And he wrote this hymn uh, really for his children using a very familiar tune of the day. And he wrote this hymn to help remind them of all the gifts that they receive uh, because of the Christ child. And so we've used that kind of as a platform to talk about the Advent season. And the Advent is the time, period of time where um, the world was waiting on God to send the Messiah. And it's kind of ironic, it's very interesting that um, the world was waiting on God to send the Messiah. And then he did in the form of a baby in a completely different way than everyone thought. In a completely different time than everyone thought from a completely different people than everyone may have thought God was going to work, and he did the amazing. And here we are in 2017, and we also are waiting for the return of Jesus. And so the Advent is a look in the rearview mirror, but it's also a look ahead. It's a look for what we are expecting in the future, and we're expecting God to do great things as well And the different gifts that we've unpacked so far have been hope and uh, love and peace. And today we unwrap the gift that God sent through Jesus, the gift of life. Probably the most poignant of the four, probably the one that maybe is most clearly communicates the gospel message, the message that God sent Jesus specifically for. And so today, for some of you, it may be a day where you accept Jesus as your Savior. But I got to tell you that um, for those of us who are already Christians, for those of us who are already Christ followers, sometimes we miss the fact that life is for us, even on this side of heaven. Some of us live our lives like we really haven't made that, that change And so this is both for those of you who walked in this room today and you've never accepted him as your savior and for those of us who have because he promises abundant life. And today what we're going to learn is that the Christ child gave us the gift of life from heaven above. Now, this week, uh, we will finish our our, uh, Christmas shopping, and we will wrap presents or have them wrapped or put them in bags, and uh, we will give gifts this weekend, and we'll give gifts to some of our, um, you know, the people that we love in life the most, and and I don't know if you uh, have ever thought about this too much, but that can be a very dangerous thing, right? To give a gift to someone that you love the most 
you better know what they're looking for in that gift, right? I mean, you better get it right. It can be a very nerve-wracking thing to give gifts. Um, and I have experienced some huge wins, and I've experienced a few fails along the way. Um, but one of my friends, who I'm going to um, allow to remain nameless, uh, he one year experienced a, a pretty big fail. You see, he, um, he was so excited to tell me what he bought his wife for Christmas. And they had been married uh, about four or five years. I mean, they were pretty newly married. I consider that newlyweds, pretty much. And so he was so excited, man. He felt like he had really tapped into what she would want. And, and he went out there, and he bought her a Roomba for Christmas. Now, do you know what a Roomba is? The robotic vacuum cleaner that bounces around the living room and picks things up. How do you think that went over? That's why he's nameless. That's why he's nameless. I don't want to get him in any more trouble or bring up stuff from the past. But he bought his wife for Christmas a Roomba. And he was expecting one response. And he got another. <laughs> and I think we all probably have been there before where we may give a gift that we are so excited about giving. We're so secure in the fact that this gift is really going to be meaningful. Man, we completely miss it. In some years, we really get it. And sometimes we're the recipient of a gift that, that someone has really missed. And sometimes we're the recipient of a gift that is completely, completely one. I want you to know something today. That God's gift of Jesus was a win in every single way. It was a win in every single way. And I think part of our problem as Christ followers and part of our problem as humans, as people, is, is that we really don't take the time to take a look at this gift, this precious gift that God gave in his son, this gift that was born in a manger in a very humble, humble way. Um, the Christ child gave us the gift of life, and that's what we're going to look at today from heaven above. And the difficulty with talking about this gift of life is, is that implied in the gift of life is death, right? Because life and death both are very certain. The Apostle Paul writes these words to the Christians who were gathered in Rome back in the first century after Jesus had left. And he writes these words in uh, Romans 6.23. He says, for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And Paul is recognizing something that we maybe don't like to talk about, especially this time of year, and perhaps for good reason. Perhaps this is a year that um, someone has passed away that you love. I know that's the case in our family. So perhaps this time of year someone um, passed away around this time of year. And, and death is a very difficult thing to talk about. And sometimes this time of year it, it's even um, more difficult to talk about. I've heard it said that um, people plan, I think this is very true, that they plan for things that are temporal and temporary um, in a greater way than they even prepare for eternal life. And I think that's true. Think about how much people plan for weddings. Think about how much time and energy and effort and finances goes in to planning a family vacation. Think about how much energy and time and effort goes in to discussing about retirement, and all three of those things are wonderful things. A wedding is a beautiful day to celebrate the love between a man and a woman and, and to see them join together and, and to, to be married. It's a wonderful time. Going on vacation, a lot of you will be going on vacation real soon. Um, it's a great time as a family. There's great memories that are made. Retirement is something that is just truly a wonderful thing. Some of you are in that time of life right now. You're like, yes, 
I don't have to go to work at 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. That's awesome. And you've planned for it. But we put so much into those things that are temporary and that are short and that like last maybe three or four days or a week or it might last a few years, a decade or so of your lives. But yet we never really as humans think about, we don't want to think about what happens when we die. You know, eternity is forever. It's forever. And sometimes we forget about that. Sometimes we just think that it's all just going to end and we don't want to face it. We don't want to focus on it. And in reality, that's the thing that we should be most prepared for is eternity. Am I right? Because just like life, death is certain. In fact, um, facts about life and death are this. Physical life and physical death are certain. But spiritual life and spiritual death are certain too. But I want you to capture this. You and I, we really have no choice about physical life and death. We have no choice about physical life and physical death. We have no choice, the, 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 the human beings that we're born into. Some of you are like, yeah, that is so true, man. I had no choice in the matter there. We have no choice where we're born or the time that we're born. We have no choice about the, the physical life that we're born into. But I want you to hear something today. You and I, we have a choice. God has given us the gift of a choice in the Christ child, a choice spiritually and a choice about spiritual life and spiritual death because we can choose life if we choose Jesus, God's son. And that's spiritual life forever in God with heaven when we die, but it's also spiritual vibrancy and abundance while we're here on earth. And so those are just the facts about life and death. Some of you are like, oh, that's great. That's a great, great message. Merry Christmas, Todd. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Uh, and that's, uh, I, I, I realize that it's not something that we like to focus on, but it's true. But I want you to know something. That's exactly why Jesus was born in the first place. It's during this time of year that people will often argue that Jesus was a good man, that he was a good rabbi, that he was a good teacher, that he was a, a wise person, that he came to bring us wisdom and, and good things and showed us how to serve and gave us a good mission. But they'll stop short of saying that he was the Savior. They'll stop short of saying that he was the Messiah, God's Son to come to redeem the world. But that's the very reason he came is, is that because life and death is certain. And Jesus' mission was to bring life to death. That was his mission. That was what he came for in the first place. That's why God sent his son into this world from heaven above. It was because death was certain. John 10.10 10 talks about this. It's Jesus talking here. And he says this. He says, the thief Speaking about the devil, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But he says this, I came, I came that they may have life and have it, say it with me, abundantly, abundantly. Jesus here is talking about two different types of life. He's talking about eternal life. He, the, actually, the words he used, the actual um, original language that he uses gives us the indication that he's talking about both the life after this life, but he's also talking in the second part of that about life abundantly here on earth. And so his mission is to bring life. The problem is, is that our focus on the gift of life that Jesus brought is often very, very small. 
it's very short-sighted. In fact, we might take this time of year or at Easter to kind of like kind of refocus, and that's a good thing, on the real meaning of these seasons that we celebrate what God did. And we may say, man, Jesus came to bring eternal life, and it, it sometimes comes across, I know even in my own life, it comes across even though I refocus and kind of like get the real meaning of the Christmas season, it may come across a little bit trite. And I think the reason it may come across a little bit trite is, is because we really don't discover that the sacrifice um, that he showed and that he gave and that he, he was willing without any reservation to experience for you and for me when he came in that manger to eventually die on a cross. You see, the whole gospel message is, is that God is fully righteous, 100% holy, and that we as humans in the Garden of Eden, all the way back at the beginning of the Bible, we sin and we fell, we fall short, as, as Romans talks about there, and that there's this separation between a, a sinful man and a perfect God, and that separation is sin. But it's not that Jesus just came to give us eternal life. He actually, listen, I want you to hear this. He actually suffered for us. He actually experienced the sins of all the world for all time when he died on a cross. First, he handled our sin. He handled our sin all the way back, um, way before Jesus was born. The prophet Isaiah wrote about this in, in, his, in the, the book of Isaiah. The first half of it is focused on the, the disconnect between Israel, the nation of Israel, and God. And the second half focuses on the hope that we're going to have because there's a Messiah. And in Isaiah 38, he kind of ties those two together in verses 17 and 18. We'll look at, behold, he says, it was for my welfare that I had great bitterness but in love, you, Isaiah is saying this, you have delivered my life from the pit of destruction, for you have cast all my sins behind or upon your back. He says, for shield does not thank you, death does not praise you. For those who go down to the pit do not hope for your faithfulness. You see, he handled our sin. The Christ child that was born in a manger in this humble surroundings ultimately grew up to die and to actually handle our sin. It had to be handled because we as sinful humans couldn't do enough. We can't do enough to become holy and righteous like God is. And so something had to be done and that something was God choosing his son to handle sin for us. 2 Corinthians, Paul speaks about this, 2 Corinthians 5.21 for our sake, he, Jesus, made himself to be sin. Man, that's like at the top of the list of the questions I have when I am with God in heaven one day. Listen, what he's saying there, what Paul is saying is that Jesus actually took on the sins of the whole world and became sin. It says he made him to be sin. The one who knew no sin is the second part of that, who knew no sin, so that in him, in Jesus, we might become the what? Righteousness of God. You see, he handled our sin, but he also suffered the consequences of our sin. That's what Romans 6.23 talks about. That's what Paul talks about there. We've already read it, but when he says the wages of sin is death, that's 
what Jesus experienced. Jesus experienced death. Listen, Jesus experienced your sin and he experienced death because that's what had to happen for us to have a relationship with the holy God. Something had to happen with those sins and Jesus took those sins with him. When we do baptisms here at Hilton Head Island Community Church, and by the way, we don't do them this time of year. Because I'm from Florida, and that, cold, that water's way too cold for me. But when we do baptisms in the summer, we do it a couple times in the summer. And um, when we do baptisms, um, if someone's baptized, I say, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And I say, buried with him in his death, with Jesus in his death. And after I hold you down for a few minutes, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, in most cases... And then I say, and raised to walk in newness of life. And you see, baptism is a physical expression, is a physical representation of what Jesus did. He took our sin with him into hell. He had to go through that and he had to experience it so that we could be raised to life. What a price he paid. What a sacrifice he made for us. He suffered the consequences of sin. He handled our sin, but he also overcame Satan's power of death over our lives. See, back in the Garden of Eden, when everything changed in the Garden of Eden, when sin entered the world, Satan had power over, over uh, uh, death in our lives. But Hebrews 2.14 says, says uh, Since therefore the children share in the flesh and the blood, he himself likewise partook of the same thing, that through the death... He might destroy, destroy the one who has the power of death. That's the devil. You see, no longer does he have the power of death. When God gives us that free gift of life, when we receive it, man, that, that's it. It's signed, sealed, and delivered fully for us. There's nothing that can take that away from us. No power in the world. That's the extent to which the Christ child went to give us eternal life and so when you celebrate this week when you celebrate um, next Monday when you're with your family and you're talking about the different things that Jesus did for us when he came to this earth don't forget that the gift of life was far-reaching that it wasn't a trite thing that it's not a small thing that he gave up his life not only did he give his life but he had to experience the consequences and the sin so that we didn't have to. That's reason to celebrate God's gift from above. And in that, Jesus changed everything. John talks about this in the first chapter of John. He says this, in the beginning was the word. Every time you see word there, it's capitalized. He's referring to Jesus himself. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. I'll let you think about that one over lunch. In him, verse 4, was life, and the life was the what? What is that next word? The light. Of men. We'll talk a little bit about light on Christmas Eve. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You see, the gift of Jesus from heaven changes everything. 
about our present, and it changed everything about our future. The fact that God sent Jesus into the world changes everything about eternity. It changes everything about eternity. He he moved us from a place um, where we had certainty in hell when we die to a place where we have certainty in heaven now when we die. He moved us from hell to heaven. He moved us from death to life. He moved us from darkness into light. I wonder if you've ever been in a place where you, you saw complete darkness. I think I may have shared this illustration before, but it fits perfectly with this part of this message. Um, this past week, I went to Belize on a, on a vision trip because we're expanding our ministry there. and I'll be telling you more about that in January. I can't wait to tell you about what we're going to be doing down there. It was a great time. It was very short. Um, we, we connected with a pastor there, and man, God's doing some really neat things down there through our uh, partnership and our ministry there. But a few years ago, uh, I was there on a missions trip. Some of you were there. Um, Sydney was there, uh, my daughter, and um, they took us on a canoe ride. They took us on a canoe ride, and we went on a canoe ride in a cave, which I really didn't know until I got to Belize that that could happen, but it can. This um, river goes six miles into a mountain. It goes six miles deep into a mountain. We spent two and a half hours and went one mile in. I don't think we paddled fast enough, maybe. Maybe, you know, maybe not. But we got back in there a mile in, and um, they had these lamps. And so you had someone that was um, in the front with the lamp of the canoe. And we had about six canoes. And then you had someone that was canoeing in the middle, you know, rowing, I guess, in the canoeing. That was dumb. Anyway, rowing in the middle and one rowing in the back. And um, so the guide who was leading us, we got a mile back there, and he said, hey, we're going to do something that will be really interesting. Um, I'm going to count to three. And on three, I want you to turn your lamps off if you're in the front of each of the canoe. We were like, all right, this is going to be interesting because we're a mile and a half in this cave and I have a feeling there's no light anywhere. Now these lights were, these lamps were like, it wasn't like a flashlight, like a really like great flashlight we have today. It was a, a battery like you'd put in a, um, in a lawnmower, kind of hooked together with some duct tape and other things and an old lamp. It was like total Belize style, okay, so that's what it was. And, and I'm thinking the whole time, man, if one of these drops in there, you know, we're going to experience darkness real quick. But anyway, so he goes, three, he goes, one, two, three, and everybody turned their lamps off. And I have never seen anything so dark. Those of you who are there, you know what it's like. You know what it's like, yeah. It was dark. Complete darkness. See, without Jesus, that's our future after we die. That's our eternity when our life on this side of heaven is over. That's the beauty of the gift from heaven above, that we have life, but we also have light. We have light where there was complete darkness. And I got to tell you, if you're here today and you already are a Christ follower, some of us are living our lives a little bit like we experienced for about two minutes, a mile and a half in a, a cave in a cave in a canoe with complete darkness like we're living on this side of heaven also in complete darkness because we are not allowing God's spirit and the abundance that he wants to give us we're not experiencing that we're not living that we're not living in that and so Jesus is the gift of from heaven above and he's the gift of life he takes us from hell 
to heaven. He moves us from death to life. He moves us from darkness to light. That's what Martin Luther was trying to paint a picture of when he wrote that hymn so long ago. It's 16 uh, verses long. We won't sing it today. We might be here a little while. But he was communicating the fact that God sent Jesus into this world to give us life. He wanted to express his love of the gift of God, the gift of God uh, that he gave us in Christ Jesus. He wanted to explain the fullness of the gift that God gave us in the Christ child. Hope and love and peace and life. And those are just four points of the gift of God in Jesus from heaven above. In many ways, these gifts apply to us, I think, in two different ways. Have you ever had a, a Christmas gift that was like, there were two parts to it? There's like two boxes, two, two presents that are wrapped, tied together with, you know, a little bit of string or something like that, a little bit of ribbon, and you open one, and they go together. I love that. Those are always fun, because it's always interesting, like, you know, something that takes batteries, and then the batteries wrapped in front, right? Yeah, that's the way we do it. We make it better. That's the gift of life. It's a two-part gift for us. It's first and foremost eternal life. And so if you're here today, I want to challenge you this Christmas season to unwrap that and receive the gift of life and have eternity in heaven with God. It's the most important decision that you could ever make. It's the most important thing that you could ever in your life prepare for is eternity, which is forever. And so the first part of that gift of life is eternal life. But the second part is maybe for most of us gathered in this room, and that's abundant life. And man, I, I wonder if it's time for those of us who are already Christ followers to unwrap the gift of abundance. Because we're kind of living, not in a manger, but we're kind of living in a trough, aren't we? Like we have this great opportunity to have abundance spiritual abundance on this side of heaven while we live our lives. Abundance that helps us love people who are unlovely and realize we are too sometimes. Abundance to serve because that's what Jesus did to meet the spiritual need, that we meet the physical need as well. Abundance means that when we go through times when we're down or depressed, we completely rely on the Spirit of God to help us through the trial of life. Abundance means that we no longer live in that sin that's really got us captive and really kind of has us in prison. We break out of it, not because of anything we do, but because of what God did in the gift of heaven above Jesus, the gift of life. And so today, I hope that if you're here today and you're a Christ follower, that you, this year, would make a commitment to live abundantly, to spend time daily with God and in his word, to, to really seek him out, to not take this Christmas kind of so tritely or flippantly, but really seriously consider how you can live more in abundance. And perhaps there are those of you who are here today, and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, and you can unwrap the gift of eternal life. You can know beyond a shadow of a doubt if you died today or this week or this year that you'll spend eternity with him in heaven. That would be a great Christmas. That would be an incredible Christmas.
When we receive a gift, we do two things with a gift. We either want it or we waste it. We either want it or we waste it. We'll receive gifts throughout the week and maybe on Monday, and some of you will open a gift and you'll go, wow, that is the furthest thing from what I wanted. Now you're probably going to waste that gift. It'll show up at some white elephant gift at a party next year, or maybe sit in a closet somewhere, or maybe be donated. Man, I hope you don't waste the gift of life that was given from heaven above. Want it. Open it. Receive it and live it. Father God, thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you so much for the humility you showed by being born in a, in a manger, in a stable. Thank you for being born in the way that you were, in the time that you were, from the people that you were from. And all of those things showed us how much you loved us. But God, I pray for those of us who are in this room right now, uh, some of us um, who have already unwrapped the gift of eternal life. We've received it. We've accepted it. We know beyond a shadow of a doubt where we're going to spend eternity. But boy, oh boy, are we really kind of wasting the gift of abundance in our spiritual journey with you. Oh, Father God, I pray that you would help us to not be trite about the extent to which you gave us not just eternal life, but abundant life. God, spur us on to, to a desire, a greater desire to spend time with you, to, to live in that abundance, to live above the fray, to get out of the rut, to kind of, God, live above it, not because we can do it on our own, but God, we can do it through you. And God, I pray for all those who are here today who are Christ followers, and if they were really honest with you, they would admit, man, I've been living down kind of in the fray, been in the trough. Yes, I know where I'm going when I die, but boy, my life could not even clearly, not even in any way be described as abundant. God, help us to know what that means. Holy Spirit, may you speak to our hearts right now and tell us what we need to do to change our lives so that we live in abundance. Maybe it's just being honest about a particular sin that we're struggling with, a habit, a lifestyle that really is keeping us from that abundant life in you. Maybe it's a decision that was forced upon us. Maybe somebody else made a decision for us and it's really got us in a place where we're having trouble experiencing abundance with you. God, may we be people who forgive because you forgave us. God, help those of us who are Christ followers to unwrap the gift of abundant life and to live it. Not with rose-colored glasses, but with a clear and confident understanding that you're in control, that you've got it when we don't, that in the end you win. God, help us to live that way. And 
God, I pray for those who may be in here and they walked in here today and they don't know you as their savior. They've never unwrapped that gift of eternal life. Maybe they've come close a couple times, but they've just, they've stopped short. They haven't really like, you know, accepted you as their savior. They really haven't received you. God, I pray that they wouldn't waste the gift of eternity. I pray that they wouldn't live their lives and get to the end of their life and realize that they missed it. The gift of heaven above that's life is, is, is their for the taking and right now if you're here and maybe you've been skeptical but something just has happened today something's going on in your heart and you're ready to receive that gift of eternal life I'm going to pray a prayer right now and I want to invite you to pray it along with me just silently just you and God it's a prayer that goes like this God thank you thank you for giving the gift of eternal life and right now I admit that, that man I'm, I fall short I mess up I'm a sinner and right now I receive the gift of life that you gave us in Jesus and right now I ask you Jesus to be my savior and if you prayed that little prayer or something in your own words like it um, just in the quietness of this room I'm just going to ask you to look up at me and just raise your hand I want to pray for you I'm not, I promise I won't embarrass you I don't do that just raise your hand anyone in here pray that prayer along with me Father I just pray for everyone in this room those who may have raised their hand those who may not have and still prayed that prayer. God, we thank you for the gift of eternity. We thank you for the gift of abundance. God, may we live with that in mind. May we live with the thought in mind that you gave us the, these gifts, hope and love and peace and life. And God, we thank you and we give you glory and we praise you because you sent them all from heaven above in Jesus. And we pray this all in his name.